Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Good Tuesday afternoon out there, happy people. Ricky Chino, SP3 with you here for the next 45 minutes or so. It is our weekly live edition of the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. We are here every Tuesday at 2.15. Appreciate you making us a part of your day. If you're part of our regular audience, if you're new to the show, you like what you hear, do us a favor, hit the thumbs up button. Go ahead and hammer that subscribe button as well. Going to have a lot of good stuff coming your way uh, as we head into a WrestleMania week and then coming out of WrestleMania week. And we got a lot to dive into as we are now T-minus five main roster shows, SP3. We got five left. We got three SmackDowns. We got two Raws. And holy crap, does this WWE creative team need to put the pedal to the effing metal with some of these things? Because I'm really starting to wonder if like we aren't going to just have like a 10 match card for two nights at WrestleMania, because there's a lot that needs to come to fruition between now and December or December where the hell's my, it's 17 degrees in Cincinnati. That's where my mind's at right now between now and April 1st. Oh goodness. We got Bray Wyatt. Who's a giant question mark. Now, all of a sudden, So is Stone Cold Steve Austin, apparently. Apparently, he is a question mark when he was written off weeks ago. We do have one match that's been added. I'm excited for that. We got some Hall of Fame announcements that have been made. We got an interesting move by the Don't Call Us the Bella Twins anymore. And we got some uh, AEW things we got to get into, SP3. And and I'm going to try my best not to go on a rant today. But my patience is wearing thin. My patience is wearing thin. And I, I may finally blow my stack. But before we get there, how are we doing, SP3? I'm doing great. Uh, other than my throat being a little raspy because my daughter's not feeling well. Other than that, yes, uh, yeah, I know you have. That's why I, I'm, I'm venting to you. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, I'm doing well. I'm, ha- I'm glad to be here on a Tuesday with all of you to discuss some professional wrestling. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm feeling very vindicated. Cause, cause I, I have a feeling I know why you're gonna rant, and it's like, it's like SP3 told you two months ago. Oh, look at that! Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, it's kind of like SP3 trying to tell everyone here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast that it was a bad idea because I saw that they didn't have a story for this, and here we are. Two months. It's not later. even just that they didn't have a story for that. But apparently they don't have a story for that. They don't have a story for the other thing. And they don't care about the other thing. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That, that's pretty a big much. tease. That's pretty a big much. tease. Pretty we'll much. get there when we get to the five count. First things first. Uh, again, thanks everybody who's tuning in. Make sure to get your comments in. What is going on, Steven and Queen and Ozzy and Frantic and Ace uh, and everybody else who is in the chat. Yes, it's NFL free agency week. We appreciate you taking a timeout from refreshing your Twitter every five seconds. It'll do me good. Not to focus on what the Bengals might be doing at safety now that their top two ones have signed elsewhere. I'm not bitter or anything. But regardless. Right uh, about Aaron Rodgers. Let's go. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Where he's going to be. Uh, well, apparently he's got it. The thing about Aaron Rodgers, not, not to go off on a, on a side tangent about things that people don't care about, right? But like all morning long, like the big thing about Aaron Rodgers today is like he's got a wish list for the Packers he, or for the Jets. Excuse me. Like to go to the Jets, they got to pick up Alan Lazard. They got to pick up uh, Randall Cobb, his old buddy. They got to pick up his tight end, Mercedes Lewis. They got to like sign all three of these dudes. And I'm sitting here, I'm going, isn't your issue in Green Bay that you don't have anybody to throw to? The Jets actually have some receivers, and you want to bring your busted-ass receivers over from Green Bay? Make it make sense. But anyway. uh, What Rick is really trying to say is believe network, folks. I just tagged you on the Twitter machine. Get this man a football show as well. He talks about about football in his day job. Why not just give him one more podcast to go on? I mean, well, they got the Believe in in Bengals with Solomon Wilcox and Pac-Man Jones, and they they are holding it down. No, we we want the Believe in Rick Uchino talking about football. That's what we want. (laughs) 
Uh, all I, I need more shows and more money. That's all I need in my life. But uh, before we dive into everything, if you want to, speaking of the NFL, if you want to bet, I don't know if you can bet on free agency, but hey, they got they got next season's futures already up. And the odds are ever changing, and we wouldn't be here right now without Bet Online. They're your number one source for all your betting needs this season, everything from pro and college basketball. UFC, MMA, Major League Baseball is right around the corner. Hell, it's March Madness. Get up there and, and make some bets, people. They got the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, game trends. It is all there. Free contests as well. Constant live score updates. Bet online, truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Go to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE. That is B-L-E-A-V. To receive your rewards, betonline.ag, where the game starts. And SP3, we will start today with Mr. Bray Wyatt. Will he? Won't he? Is he available? Will he be available? Is it creative issues or is it just he's got a tummy ache? We don't really know what is going on with Bray Wyatt. And that's kind of an evergreen statement, but we we really don't know what's going on with Bray Wyatt right now. He has had all of one televised match since he has returned from uh from his hiatus after being let go from WWE. He has, it's been a lot of smoke and mirrors. It was a great start. It has been a uh, ride since uh, the, the Mountain Dew pitch black match against LA Knight. And all of a sudden this complete one or 360, 180, whatever you want to call it, turn into a Bobby Lashley feud. And now all of a sudden he hasn't been around to feud with Bobby Lashley SP3. It's been video packages. It's been an Uncle Howdy beatdown, and it has now been a SmackDown and a Raw without Bray Wyatt, without Bobby Lashley. And then yesterday, the 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 rumor mill, the the Twitter did its thing and went all over God's green earth with Bray Wyatt about oh, it's creative issues. He's backing out of WrestleMania. He's not going to be there. What are they going to do with Bobby Lashley now? We got I got memes of Michael Cole and Pat McAfee going up there saying WWE is very disappointed in Bray Wyatt's actions and all this other shit. And then I'm sitting here and I'm patiently waiting. It's going to be a theme of the show today. SP three is my patience, which as you know, is not very high, but I try, I try to be a patient man. I patiently waited until somebody that I trust put out a report regarding Bray Wyatt. And that turned out to be Sean Rossap yesterday. As far as he is concerned, as far as he has heard, no creative issues, SP3. Just the fact that he is dealing with an undisclosed, what, what was the word they used? A physical, physical issue. Physical issue. Which he, he later elaborated was an illness. Yes. So Bray Wyatt has been out ill. We get an update today from Wrestling Observer that as of right now, Bray is still penciled in to face Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. But then Bobby Lashley's on, on Twitter yesterday going, I don't I don't care who it is. I've, I've been busting my ass. Uh, somebody's going to get these damn... Well, that's Brett, that's Braun Strowman's thing, get these hands. But somebody's going to get this ass whooping at WrestleMania is basically what Bobby Lashley said. So still a lot of confusion, a lot of questions. But my goodness, SP3, it's amazing what social media will do. And borderline sad when they'll take like one little thing and then just go off and run with it. And it's a completely other different thing for why this man's not on TV right now. Yeah, I think I think that's why I appreciate, you know, some of the people that just said it what they knew, which was Bray Wyatt went home. And they kept saying, I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. And then Sean Roxback explained why. He has a physical issue, which then got elaborated into he has an illness. All of that withstanding, um, it's a very interesting scenario. This is now, what, the second or third person that WWE reportedly had plans for for WrestleMania that had that those plans are now in flux. You had Ronda Rousey with the, the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. She has a hairline faster in her arm. She yep. might. They, we might not get that women's tag team title match now. You had Kofi Kingston, who went down with an injury. I don't know what his plans for WrestleMania were, but, I mean, they made them drop the NXT tag team titles for them to be back on the main roster. You would think that they had something for him and uh, Xavier Woods, the new day, but that seems like it's not going to happen now. And now we have this whole Bray Wyatt situation. I think it is kind of sad that it always goes from point A to point 
P and Z yeah. at, the, at the same time. Like it should have just been stuck at he had he went home. I don't know why. I appreciate the people, you know, backup hangman from uh, Russell Pierce, people like that that just said what they knew, kept it at that, and kept turning down any suggestion that it was for creative issues or he went home and whatnot. It's a situation that I think is a very touchy situation. It's touch and go. I don't, as a Fightful's report said, they don't, they didn't know that he, it was going to be a long-term thing or they didn't know it was going to be as long as it has been. But I think the reason why it got escalated to this point is because everything has fell apart since the Mountain Dew pitch black patch. Yeah. It doesn't feel like anything is planned. And maybe it was even before that. Because before that, you had Uncle Howdy come out and attack Bray Wyatt. Then by the time we get to the Mountain Dew pitch back match, he's helping him with a yeah. misdive on LA Knight. And now they're they're teaming up with each other. Never it's, got an explanation for it. Never got an explanation for it at all. It seemed like he was setting up a matchup that we should have gotten long ago with him and Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar turns it down. And ever since the report came out that Brock Lesnar turned that match down, we haven't seen Bray on television. So yeah. you, it led to people speculating and wondering why that scenario has happened. We now know it's because of an illness, but it does not feel like the reports that originally came out when Bray returned to the company at Extreme Rules, that WWE had a long-term plan, had plans for Bray Wyatt up until WrestleMania. It seems like those plans have been written or ripped up. And I know immediately people are pointing the finger at, well, Vince McMahon is more involved with creative, but I cannot blame Vince. I cannot blame anyone in this situation. It really feels like a situation that is has been thrown off the course. They had a direction that they wanted to go on. I don't know who to blame yet about it, but... They had a direction that they wanted to go on. They reverted course, and it hasn't been able to get back on the track. It's been riding through the field this whole time, ever since the Mountain Dew pitch black match. And it's about time that if Bray is able to be back for WrestleMania, that they get it back on the track and not yeah. off the rails like it's been for the past two months. And, and here's the other thing that I don't think a lot of people are, are, are talking about. Where the hell is Alexa Bliss? What is going on there? And I think that's something her situation is also adding fuel to the fire is because you get wrestling observers say, oh, well, she's on another hiatus. And then you got Alexa who's coming out on social media saying, bitch, please, I ain't on, <laughs> I ain't on hiatus. They know where I'm at. Call me. All right. They, they, she, we get all these teases, literal months of teases and you know, costing her Raw Women's Championships because she's focused on Uncle Howdy and Bray Wyatt. And anytime that Wyatt Six logo pops up, is it still the Wyatt Six? Are we going to get a Wyatt Six? I don't fucking know. I don't know what the hell is going on. This has been the slowest of slow burns, and it definitely feels off course. And I think what's going on with Alexa, where the fact that it's like now she's off TV and we've gotten no follow up from her since the Royal Rumble. And now it looks like for the second year in a row, Creative has got nothing for her at WrestleMania, which is pretty damn in, in, inexcusable to have somebody like Alexa Bliss and just go, well, we don't know what to do with her at WrestleMania, so let's just leave her on the, on, on the bench and we'll figure that shit out later. Like, that absolutely, I think, adds fuel to the fire because it just throws, again, yes, it seems off course. Because Alexa was, they were clearly building to something with Uncle Howdy. They were clearly building to something with Alexa. We were hoping we were going to get some kind of big payoff with both at the Royal Rumble, and then we didn't. And then, yeah, now all of this has gone on. So, yeah, it definitely didn't fuel, uh, didn't didn't help anything, and I think it threw more fuel on the fire. And then when you have people who read a statement like, he went home, then you think back to the old triplet, he took his ball and went home, right? And I think that's where people kind of read into the language on their own. And then before you know it, we got a damn game of telephone where, uh, oh, he went home, turned into Bray Wyatt's got creative issues again with WWE. He don't want to put up with this shit. He ain't going to wrestle Bobby Lashley. What are they going to do with Bobby Lashley now? Which is an interesting question, SP3, because while Bray Wyatt's expected back soon, if Bray Wyatt can't come back, what do you do with Bobby Lashley now? And like you, we we have to go back to the Royal Rumble one more time because they built two matches 
off of this Bray Wyatt lore yeah. of Bray Wyatt, Uncle Howdy, with Alexa Bliss versus Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship and LA Knight versus Bray Wyatt in the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match. Now, the reason why I'm breaking that up is now look at, at the whole situation two months later. The only person who came out of all those situations better was L.A. Knight, who we don't know for sure Somehow. where he's going to go. We'll, we'll talk about, you know, rumors and innuendo of what, what he might be doing at WrestleMania. But he's over now uh, coming out of this. But Bray didn't survive this. Uncle Howdy didn't survive this. Alexa didn't survive this. Bianca Belair and the Raw Women's Championship didn't survive this. Like, it seems like everything that got involved in this whole thing thing since december into january nothing has come out of it the same or better except for la a shock asking what does alexa want to do in wwe follow up if alexa wants to go back to being the goddess let her if she wants to be supernatural let her it's up to her and i agree with you and from everything that i've you know i've never spoken to alexa personally she's a bucket list interview for me but you you listen to her in other interviews and it certainly seems like you know, she wants to go back to that supernatural angle. She said working with Bray was one of the best times of her life. She legitimately loved doing that. She loves being able to stretch her mind creatively. Um, I would lean toward my belief, and this is speculation on my part, she wants to be involved with Bray and this supernatural angle in some way, shape, or form, but she's also somebody, and this is a straight out of Sean Rossap's mouth, you know, reported before, if y'all don't have something that's worth my damn time, I'm not going to be there for that. And she does go home if she feels like they're not using her to the best of her ability. And that's, I think that's where we're at right now. Again, speculation on my part. I've never spoken to Alexa. And to answer the question with Bobby Lashley, I mean, they have options. They have options for Bobby Lashley if they really wanted to. I mean, the best option was to have him finish his feud with Brock Lesnar Correct. because you never finished that. Uh, another option is guys like Karrion Cross or Bronson Reed, who you've been building on television, that can have kind of the hoss fight that you probably wanted with Bray and Bobby Lashley. There are choices for Bobby Lashley, and I definitely agree with a shock big surprise because i always seem to disagree with a shock because he's a phoenix suns fans but it did affect bianca belair she has not been the same she's not as over as she was before and the raw women's championship feud going into wrestlemania you you know what i just said nothing because that's what the feud is we'll get there all right we will we will get there uh maybe an option for for bobby lashley could be Stone Cold Steve Austin because apparently WWE is continuing to make pitches. They have made pitches, names we've heard in the past. We heard what? Brock Lesnar uh, was a name that was thrown out. We heard Roman name. Roman Reigns was a name that was thrown out to Steve Austin, and he has turned those all down. Uh, didn't feel like the situation, didn't feel like the money was right. But reports out this week, they're still hoping to get the Texas Rattlesnake at WrestleMania SP3, and not only that, but a name that has been pitched, apparently. Now, this is a rumor that came out of left field, like left fucking field Friday night. We were doing a show together on Redacted, and I believe it was Stephen Chambers, who's in our chat right now, who brought it up, saying, I read somewhere that LA Knight's being talked about for Stone Cold Steve Austin, and we both looked at each other like, Nah, who's actually reporting that? Because that's not legitimate. Stephen Chambers did. Stephen he, Chambers he is the source. He's the he source. He started it. So Stephen started it. And then I don't know if he's like zero news and he's just guessing at shit, hoping shit will be right. But all of a sudden yesterday, yesterday, we got our first legitimate, credible news report that said, oh, yeah, LA Knight has actually been pitched. At least it's a name that was thrown out there. It was like, why don't we see if we can get Austin in there for, for LA Knight, which I think is something that could actually work because this is what's going to have to work at this point, SP3. You don't have time to build a program for Stone Cold Steve Austin. You got five shows. So Austin at this point has got to be a surprise. So you got a guy like LA Knight whose story that they actually have started giving him over the last few weeks has been, hey, you can't have a Los Angeles WrestleMania without LA Knight. That we need to get an L.A. night moment. Yeah, we got to have one at WrestleMania. He ain't won a goddamn match 
all year. All year. He has not won a match in 2023, at least televised. He may not have won a, a road match, SP3. But if LA Knight comes out at WrestleMania to, like, interrupt the show and, like, hijacks WrestleMania and says somebody back there is going to have to come out here and face LA Knight or kick my ass out of this ring or some something along those lines. And then you get the glass break and you got Austin come down there and you and he grabs the microphone and he does his whole little, you know what? I was just backstage. I'm enjoying the show. All of a sudden I got this loudmouth some bitch out here. What? Telling screaming, yeah, give me a yeah, what back and forth, like Ric Flair, Jay Lethal type, you know, promo exchange between these two. And Austin just says, You want somebody to whip your ass? Well, Stone Cold to whoop his ass. Do his whole spiel and set something up like that. And then have Austin and LA Knight just just fight. Doesn't even have to even match, but just fight. And Austin kicks him out of the ring, chugs a bunch of beers. Like, that's the kind of scenario that's going to have to work for this if Austin wants to do it, which I think he would be more, you know, receptive of doing something like that instead of, like, a major match against Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns if he's already turned those down. I think a guy like LA Knight, it comes out of nowhere, but you get these reports that Triple H is high on LA Knight and he may have a big push, you know, coming his way. This is something that would make a ton of sense. It definitely would. And yeah, you're at the point where you're 19 and now 18 days away from WrestleMania. It makes a whole lot of sense that you just do it as a surprise and do it kind of as an impromptu segment. Austin has done this before in the past. It wouldn't, he's impromptu. Last time was WrestleMania 30. He wasn't supposed to be on that show. And then you had the opening with him, Hogan, and The Rock. You, you like those big surprises. It makes for a great moment. So I, I think that it would be fun. It would be unique. You can have the what versus yeah chance and everything That's going on. That's all I want in my life is just so, so yeah. I'd be I'd be here for that. Not a Austin official match, but just Austin drop it LA night or with a stunner at the end of the segment. That works for me. Yeah, and honestly, that's and most people will look at that and go, well, it continues to bury LA night. No, it does not. Stone Cold Steve Austin working with LA Knight. Yeah, Austin's going to go over in that situation, but it's it it's a rub, man. Working with Austin on WrestleMania, that's a rub for LA Knight. And the first person who will tell you that is Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, who who had the job to a uh, 57-year-old Stone Cold Steve Austin after 19 years away from the business. And we would definitely all agree that Kevin Owens had a much better 2022 into the start of 2023 than he had since he lost to Goldberg in 2017. So he's had a better year since dropping to Austin than yeah. he had in the previous five. Yeah, I mean, gosh, man, think think back to WrestleMania last year where you had both Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn lose big marquee matches, but they were both the, the they were two of the most talked about matches of the entire weekend for completely different circumstances. They both lost, and they have both gone on to have some of the better years of their careers following that. So again, it's not always the result, but you know, who you work with, how it was perceived. And again, apples to oranges comparison here because one of them wrestled Stone Cold Steve Austin in the main event. The other one lost to Johnny Knoxville in a giant fucking mousetrap. But 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 Sammy had the best buildup to WrestleMania last did. year. If you if you really yes, remember that, if you really who was giving us the most entertaining buildup on the way to WrestleMania, it sure wasn't Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Oh. It was Sammy Zayn and Johnny Knoxville. Uh, noob saying, "Bring in Matt Cardona. He's easy prey." Um. There's been a lot of talk recently about Matt Cardona coming to WWE at some point. Cody Rhodes is sitting here saying, hey, look, I want Matt Cardona back in WWE. It'll be interesting to see if it happens. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Maybe it happens towards the end of this year at some point. But I can see I can see him coming back at the Raw after WrestleMania. I don't think he should come back and just immediately lose to Bobby Lashley. I wouldn't that's sure. say that's the, the right way to bring him back. And my biggest question has always been, are they bringing him back as Matt Cardona or is he going to be Zack Ryder? Because I can easily see him if he's going to be referred to as Zack Ryder again, that in a month we're saying, oh, he's just another guy. Yeah. Uh, look, I same thing that happened to Emma. I, I would have brought her back as Neil Dashwood. But no, they brought her back as Emma, and now she's fallen back into and, the same. You would, think, you would think that Cody Rhodes would be a template for them. 
that if the if these people succeed outside of the company, you don't present them in the same way that you did previously. Cody Rose has been presented as basically AEW New Japan ROH Cody yeah. Rhodes in <laughs> WWE, and he's gotten a main main event push. Even if you didn't have main event as uh, aspirations for Emma, have her come in and be the all about me heel character, the influencer that she was as Tennille Dashwood in Impact Wrestling. Just have her play that role because it seems like she's about to turn heel anyway with Mad Cat Moss. So why not just have her play the character that she did in Impact Wrestling? It worked there. It would have worked here. Yeah, and I guarantee you. After a five-year absence, more people would have remembered Tennille Dashwood than they would remember Emma at this point. Uh, guys, make sure to hit that thumbs-up button, by the way. We we got a lot of people in the chat here. would like to see uh, some, some thumbs-ups as well. And if you're new to the show, you like what you hear, make sure to hammer that subscribe button as well. really helps drive up our audience. We appreciate the support. Well, while we're speculating on whether Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley are going to be involved, Stone Cold, LA Knight, we know two men are going to be involved, SP3. It finally happened, and... It's a match that I was honestly hoping that we would get. It is Edge. It is Finn Balor. It is inside Hell in a Cell. It is going to be at WrestleMania 39. And this makes me a very happy man for a couple of reasons. One, because this match is going to bang, right? It's Finn Balor. It's Edge. It's inside Hell in a Cell. It's going to be good. Two, it's finally going to be over. Like, this is it. Like, this, this, this is finally it. It's over. Edge is ready to move on to other stuff after this Judgment Day stuff has been going on for 15 months. It always feels like since he's come back, Edge's feuds have lasted way too long. His entire first year, granted, triceps injury had a lot to do with that. His entire first year was Randy Orton. Much of the, the following year, it was Seth, uh, Seth Rollins. And now it's been Judgment Day, like nonstop, you know, for like the, the last year at this point. He's ready to accomplish stuff. He's talking about how he's got things he wants to do and he needs to get Finn Balor behind him. But more importantly, I think it's important for Judgment Day to move on after this because Judgment Day should be in a whole different stratosphere coming out of WrestleMania. Rhea Ripley should be the SmackDown Women's Champion. Finn Balor, honestly, I want him to win this match because this is a guy who I think should be challenging Cody Rhodes for the WWE Championship come SummerSlam. But first things first, with Backlash being in Puerto Rico, Damian Priest needs to be featured heavily on that card. He ain't going to be at WrestleMania, unfortunately, at anything other than arm candy at this point because he doesn't have anything himself going on, which is unfortunate because every other member of Judgment Day does. But he'll be there. He'll get involved in some way, shape, or form. Probably get into that Hell in a Cell match. But this needs to be a catalyst for Judgment Day, who has been very successful, much more successful than they were this time last year. Now they are, well, they probably didn't exist this time last year. I don't know. My timeline's off. But you get what I'm saying, right? They can go to the next stratosphere, heavily featured. Like, I want to see them take that next step. And this match is going to be an important catalyst for that, I believe. Yeah, I think this is, I, I like the tease of uh, Finn bringing back the demon. Yes. Uh, saying that uh, I've went to hell before and they spit me out because they couldn't handle my demons. That was a great line to tease that he's bringing back the demon Finn Balor. I like the fact that this is a Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania. Uh, the last time we had that was WrestleMania 32. I tried to forget that and I, I just thought it was the last time with WrestleMania 28. But uh, yeah, the last time was WrestleMania 32 with Shane versus versus uh, Undertaker. And the main thing with Hell in a Cell, Edge has always delivered inside of Hell in a Cell, whether it be the matchup with The Undertaker at SummerSlam 2008, whether it be the match with Seth Rollins back at Crown Jewel 2021. These are some of the, the best Hell in a Cell matches, I would say top 10, top 12 Hell in a Cell matches of all time. And I think with someone like Finn Balor, he's going to be motivated to finish this off with a bow. They had a great match at Extreme Rules in the I Quit match. I think they can repeat that here. It's just the sad fact that a lot of people are over this feud. And yeah. the fact that 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 when you really think about it, Edge has kicked the Judgment Day's ass this is the whole entire feud. Balor he has to win. Balor yeah, has he, to win. He beat them. At, he returned and cost them the matchup against the Mysterios at SummerSlam in uh, last summer. He beat them at Clash at the Castle. Yeah, Finn Balor got um you know some revenge for that when he yeah, uh, concerto Beth and won the I Quit match, but 
Edge. You've already gotten revenge for that. You eliminated him from the Raw Rumble. You and Beth beat him at an elimination chamber. I understand that this is now him getting revenge for the United States Championship, but that's not what he said in the promo. In the promo, he was more focused on all the other stuff that he's already got revenge on. So what are we doing? What yeah. are we doing here? Finn has to win. Call it a day. Let's move on. Finn can get over. Edge can feud with somebody else coming out of this. Just be done with this. I want this to be over now. Yeah, I think Edge should work. I think I think Edge's better story is where does he go after losing? Because this was all this was a group he put together to elevate. And now all of a sudden the end game should be, well, shit. Now they have elevated past me. Where do I go? Finn Balor's moving on. Like the Raw after Mania Judgment Day should interrupt Cody Rhodes. After he has his moment, after Cody has his moment, presuming he wins the titles, he comes out there, he opens the show, everybody's happy, he's doing his spiel, he's 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 crying, he did it for Papa, all that shit, right? Give him a solid 10 minutes to have his moment. Judgment Day should interrupt. Finn Balor should step up. Like that should be the group that challenges Cody first. And then, you know, now it's all of a sudden, what does Edge do? Finn Balor stepping up to Cody Rhodes. That should be a spot that I'm in. I should be wanting to win a world championship here. My time is running low. I, I, I got to accomplish. How do I accomplish this stuff? Am I still as good as I once was? That's the story for Edge moving forward. He's still bulletproof. People are still going to cheer this man. They don't, you know, a win over Finn Balor does nothing for Edge. And I think Edge knows that, which is why I think Finn Balor is going to win this match. Um, Finally, SP3. We're running out of time here to get the card together. We were running out of time for Hall of Fame inductions. We were wondering if if, if somebody was even going to get put into the damn hall this year until Friday showed up and magically we get, hey, our first inductee into the Hall of Fame, none other than Master of the 619, Rey Mysterio, well-deserved, but also SP3, we're getting some rumblings that tomorrow Ric Flair is going to announce the great Muda as an inductee into the class this year. And Stacy Keebler is about 99.99999% confirmed, according to various outlets, uh, to be joining him. Uh, your reaction to the three-member panel of the uh, Hall of Fame so far? I think these are all people that I would say at least deserve to be honored. Rey Mysterio, the greatest luchador of all time. Uh, you could have your El Santos. You can have all the greats back in, uh, you know, Mexico. I am saying worldwide, the greatest luchador of all time, in my opinion, is Rey Mysterio. I still remember when he debuted in WCW when I was eight years old in 1996. The great matchup with Dean Malenko at Great American Bash. All his great matches throughout his time is the cruiserweight division for WCW, whether with the match, without the match. Uh, of course, everybody will bring up the matchup with Eddie Guerrero at Halloween Havoc 1997. In my opinion, the greatest WCW match of all time without the mask, with the filthy animals being a menace uh, that he was at that time. Then coming to WWE and over the past 20 years, confirming that he is just this worldwide superstar. He definitely deserves to be on. Uh, I've liked how they've kind of incorporated all of this into his feud with Dominic Mysterio as well. Great Muda, one of the greatest Japanese professional wrestlers of all time. We've been celebrating Great Muda for a while now over the last couple of months with the matchup with Kei Nakamura in Pro Wrestling Noah. His final uh, singles match as the Great Muda. His final match as the Great Muda with Sting and Darby Allin against Akira uh, Kushi and uh, Namichi Marafuji. And then, of course, Kenji Muda's grand finale, his last match as Kenji Muda against Tentia Naito and then against Masahiro Chono. So they celebrated him, Japan. He deserves to be honored and celebrated here in the United States. And the WWE Hall of Fame is the perfect way to do that. And Stacey Klebler, who... I wouldn't say she's like the on the level of a Tristratus or a Lita or anyone like that. But for like people that started off in WCW, when it comes to women stars who were made in WCW, it's Stacey Keebler and Tori Wilson. Tori Wilson's has already yeah. been 
honor. So I think that Stacey Keebler deserves to be honored as well. And her time in WWE as a manager uh, was very beneficial, you know, with the Dudley boys. She had her stint with Test and, and Scott Steiner. So yeah. I think Stacey Keebler deserves to be honored as well. So I, I would honestly, I hope this is a year that you honor more than one woman as well, because they tend to do that. They only honor one woman each year. I would love for someone like Victoria to be yeah. honored because yeah, she, yeah. I feel like that she is maybe on more of the level of how she was like a trendsetter and a pioneer for the in-ring action being prominent and important for the woman. I think Stacey Keebler represents like kind of a character base in women in professional wrestling. If you want to have two women and have them honor two different aspects of what makes professional wrestling, you have Stacey Keebler for the character work and mic work. You have Victoria for the in-ring work. I hope that's the year that they do that. And Stephen Chambers to answer you. Wonder who will who will induct uh, Great Muda. I don't think it's a coincidence that Ric Flair is going to be the one who announces it on the bump tomorrow. I think Ric Flair is going to be that person because Sting works for WC. Works for AEW. So (laughs) if it wasn't for that. You would have Sting. You would have Sting induct the Great Mood. I I would if hope they, that get, maybe if they day. can't get Billy Gunn to come back for a DX reunion. They ain't getting Sting to induct Muda. All right, like that. You happening. know, I I would I would hope though that if if they in the future in the next couple of years, um, you know, Sting said he's gonna wrap up his career pretty soon here, so yeah. we may get Sting maybe for a Hall of Fame inducting. And if you're not gonna have him induct Great Muda, getting Sting back to induct Lex Luger makes a world of sense. So if Sting's wrapping up his time in AEW, maybe next year we get Lex Luger and Sting can induct him. Gonna be interesting to see. Uh, you'd think if because. Batista was supposed to go in the year the world got shut down. So it's interesting that Batista, I don't know if he's waiting for like, he's got to to have a a movie he's going to promote or or something like that. I don't know, but it's interesting that he was supposed to be inducted years ago and they still haven't gotten back around to inducting him into the hall of fame. It's going to be interesting to see if they end up, Usually they do the headliner first, though. So I think Ray's the headliner this year. Yeah, I would, th- I would think that Ray's the headliner. They got to come back around some. I don't think maybe Batista's filming something, so it didn't work out for this year, maybe something like that. But, yeah, that is pretty weird. Uh, two things. Stacey Keebler inductee, I would get Tori Wilson. She's been oh. connected to her throughout her career. And to answer Noob in the chat, Cody was never a leader of the Bullet Club. Stop that. Stop that nonsense. There's only been, it's been, it was Prince Devitt. From Prince Devitt, it was AJ Styles. From AJ Styles, it was Kenny Omega. Oh, and funny. from Kenny Omega, it was Switchway J1. Cody wanted to be the leader, but he never was the leader. Oh, my goodness. Man. I'm just being honest. That was funny. That's good stuff. Uh, we appreciate everybody who is in the chat. Continue to get your comments in. We'll try to get to them uh, as quickly as possible. Uh, Noob saying Batista got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 this year. I think, yeah, isn't that coming out in May? So, yeah, I don't know, man. It's maybe, he, maybe he's promoting it. And it didn't work out for him to be there. Maybe. I don't know. It's, it's, it, it is interesting that he hasn't been announced yet. Yeah. Uh, Frantic World, I still can't believe that Stacey Keebler was with George Clooney. I can He's George freaking Clooney. Stacy Keebler is just one of God's greatest gifts. Like that's Jesus. I Go think, ahead, George. I think I think yeah, I get, respect the game. Like seriously. I think Stacy giving Keebler, her that ER peen. <laughs> In all seriousness, I Stacy Keebler back when she was called Miss Hancock might have been my first crush between her and the pink power ranger. I can't remember. I think, I think those were to back, back in the day, young Ricky Chino watching television on Monday nights and Saturday mornings. All right. From soon to be hall of famers to current hall of famers. This is kind of interesting. SP three, the don't call us the Bella twins anymore. They have now dropped the Bella from their name uh, amongst a, a lot of disagreements with wwe recently they are now calling themselves on their podcast and any other branding they're now calling themselves the garcia twins i i find this to be interesting i don't know what this ultimately means in the long run or what this means for their relationship with wwe but this has got to mean something does it not sp3 
you can look, but you can't call us Bellas. Um, the Garcia twins, uh, Nikki and Brie. Yes, I've been very vocal about how they feel about WWE, but I think they're still loyal to it. I mean, their family had a kind of a very public falling out as far as their stepdaddy, uh, John Laronitis. So yeah. I don't know if that has anything to do with it i don't know if there was any backlash from what they had to say about raw 30 but it is a very interesting thing i know there's a lot of people that take this news and like we talked about with the bray wyatt news you hear one thing and you jump to the next conclusion so i've already seen people saying like seeing the garcia twins to aew all access yeah you know what they might like, I mean, they were backstage at Revolution. I mean, they were they there. Were. There's they a big were. shot with her and Renee and all the kids and everything like that. I mean, all these Renee's people are there. Saraya's there. Renee's there. Brian's there. It's like, look, if you get the band uh, back together, add, baby. Can you imagine if you added like Nikki and Brie Garcia to the outcasts? Like, I don't know what the, that would confirm my whole thing that I said that they're like the NWO meets the Bella twins and then they actually get the Garcia twins in there as well. Come on. Oh man, that it's it's interesting. I think I think everything's on the table with the Garcias, but I definitely think it's like I said, it it's interesting. I don't know what it means, but it's something to keep an eye on for sure. All right, let's dive into this, shall we? SP3. It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. All right, SP3. You've known this for a while. You've known me for, I think, like over three years now. I said this at the top of the show as well. I am not a patient man. I am not. By nature, I am not a patient man. I, I, I tend to have knee-jerk reactions, and it's gotten me in some trouble in the past. All right? Um... So I, I try now, as I'm older, as I'm wiser, to sit back, take everything I'm seeing at face value, and, and kind of wait and see how things play out. And I have been extremely patient, critical, but patient with what has been going on with, honestly, all of the builds uh, to these women's matches at, at WrestleMania. I have been... From the get-go, I have been on board with Rhea Ripley going against Charlotte Flair because I thought that there was a good story to tell there. I did have my concerns about Bianca and Asuka because I was wondering what the story would be heading into that. And then I had my concerns with, okay, well, what are they going to do with Becky? What are they going to do with Bailey? Is damage control going to be on the on, on the card? Um, yes, they're going to be on the card. And what should be a very high-profile matchup with, with Trish Stratus and Lita and Hall of Famers. Well, wait a minute. What are they doing with women's tag team titles? Is Ronda Rousey going to be on the show? What's going on there? Are they really going to... Are they going to leave women like Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez that they've spent the last few months building up? What's going on with Alexa Bliss like I had talked about earlier? And I'm sitting here last week on the show going, all right, y'all need to ramp this shit up. You need to put the pedal net. You need to put some heat behind this. It is not good enough to just say, oh, well, these matches are going to be good. So people, people will be happy. The builds have got to be there. SP3, what did I say at the top of the show? We have five shows until WrestleMania. Five. Main roster yep. shows. Three SmackDowns. We have two Raws. They ain't done shit! They ain't done a damn thing! Their big ramp up, the last, since the last time we were on the air, was on Friday, having Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair have a promo exchange that was very paint-by-numbers, was very cookie-cutter, could have been any two women talking about one another. And then again, last night, last night, SP3, for the fourth week in a row, either Asuka or Bianca, I don't even remember at this point because it's all blurred together, <laughs> either Asuka or Bianca beat somebody and then the other one came down, and they stared at each other, and they smiled, and they looked at the WrestleMania sign. That has been the entire build to your Raw Women's Championship match. And now next week, what are we getting? How can they possibly coexist? Your two challengers against, is Vince McMahon running the women's division right now? Honestly, I don't think so, because it was better. It was better under Vince in a lot of different ways as far as storylines are concerned. 
There isn't a damn thing going on. Now, how about the women's tag team division or lack thereof over the last few months? Are we going to get a women's tag team title match? I don't know because we're running out of time. Yes, Ronda Rousey's hurt. That, that throws a wrench into everything. Ronda Rousey was not on the show on Friday. Shayna Baszler was not on the show on Friday. Liv Morgan's been losing matches if she's been on the card at all. Well, I don't know what the hell Rod Raquel Rodriguez is doing right now. The the like the only thing that is the only team that is being built up here SP3 in the last few weeks is Chelsea and Carmella. And they're losing matches. And now next week the 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 raw the second to last Raw before WrestleMania, they're in a tag team match against Bianca and Asuka. Honestly, that's been the entire build for Bianca and Asuka is to build up Chelsea and Carmella. And unless they're going to be facing the women's tag team champs at WrestleMania or winning the damn tag titles and then facing Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, none of that makes any sense. Why are you doing that right now instead of focusing on your women's tag team title or your, your women's Raw Women's Championship match? I'm getting flustered because I'm getting pissed. Just thinking about all the, just the lack of, it's been in action. It's been constant in action. They're using Rhea Ripley to help Finn Balor's story. They're using Rhea Ripley more to help Dominic Mysterio and Rey Mysterio's story. SP3. Why have they pushed the entire women's division to the back burner? It's almost like they don't care. All of these women that are involved are so much better than this. The best storyline development last night was damage control, Trish, Lita, and, and Becky. And they were on screen for 30 seconds. And 25 of that was a pre-recorded beatdown of Trish Stratus before the show started. They probably weren't even at the arena last night. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? You've got five shows. I, I, I'm, I'm no longer being patient. I'm no longer willing to let it play out. What the hell are we doing? That was almost perfect rant. That was almost a five-star rant. I give the rant. Uh-oh. SP3, am I, did my internet go out or is SP3's internet out? Y'all still got me? We got SP3. Hello? Anybody in the chat? Anybody in the chat? Is it me or is SP3 who's who's gone out? Me. I'm back. I think okay. I'm back. I think I'm back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That that All was right. me. That that was me frozen. I, I realized that when I saw <laughs> I'm both, like, somebody both in the things. chat help me. I saw I saw both things circling, so I knew it was me. But what I was gonna say is that yeah, that was a near five. Say, okay, yeah, yeah. That was a near five star rant by Rick Uchino. I give it four and three quarter stars because he didn't say the key thing to that phrase. SP three was right, ladies and gentlemen. SP <laughs> three was right. I said this when Rhea picked Charlotte, that he had a layup. He had a layup. The first WrestleMania with Triple H in charge. It should have been Bianca and Rhea. You, you didn't, if you, if you wanted a feud where you didn't have to do too much work, because it seems like doing too much work with these women's title feuds is a burden to this creative team. If you wanted a feud you didn't have to do too much work for, you already had it. You had the dominant champion versus the woman that's also been dominant on the same freaking roster, on the same freaking brand. But no, he didn't. And if you wanted someone to go after Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's Championship for a redemption arc, it was Asuka. It was Asuka right there. Asuka's whole downfall of her whole entire career in WWE starts right at right at WrestleMania 34. Yep. WrestleMania 34 is where it all started. And for all the demoralizing loss that Rhea Ripley went through three years ago against Charlotte Flair. I'm sorry, she kind of bounced back by that a year later when she won the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. Like 
You already did that. You already you already had her come up and, and revive herself. Yeah, you could have said the story of, oh, she needed the edge to come back and finally beat and get the win over Charlotte Flair. But the whole freaking story was Vince didn't do this right three years ago, so I have to do it again. And he has not built on it at all. It is pretty obvious that, yes, the women's division, the women's title feuds have been on the back burner for him. He, this Oscar new character, there literally has not been anything to this new character. It's basically the same Oscar, except she looks a little different. She's yes, wearing a little different. A little different face paint. That's all it is. And Bianca reacting to Asuka is not that much different than Bianca reacting to Alexa Bliss that we just saw that feud. So what are we doing here? How do you not have something better for them? Like, how do you they, not have... They had something better. No, they but had... look, like, how do you not come up with literally anything for the feuds that you picked? That's what I'm saying. If you have, if you picked these, you picked these for a reason. You should have had a plan, not just oh, we'll have one save the other, we'll have the X one save the other that week, and then they'll smile at each other and they'll look at the WrestleMania side, and that's how we're going to build this match because just having this match is enough. I feel like it's leaving well enough alone. It's like, hey, look, we're going to have three, maybe four women's matches at WrestleMania. We've done our part. That's a record. We're going to have four women's matches at WrestleMania. I think it's more likely we're going to have three now. I think that's still a record at WrestleMania is to have three men. Nah, no, nah, no, nah, the last couple of years. That's fine. Yeah, three. Three so, okay, they're going to be about on par. This right now, this is classic, like, this This is falling back into the old man regime. It's like, hey, look, the, the pay-per-views are going to deliver, but screw what happens in the middle. Not with, yeah. not with everything, but it seems to have definitely, like, Triple H needs to hire somebody to book the women's division, like separately. I think, like I truly think so. Yeah, I think this and, and like, I don't know, I don't know. And, just, and before and before anybody, before anybody says the whataboutism of uh, AEW, we've said the same thing about Tony Khan. That yeah, Tony Khan yeah. needs somebody Absolutely. else to, to book the yes, women's division. So, but, but this is the thing: the difference between Tony Khan and Triple H. Tony Khan was never billed as the savior of women's wrestling, the guy that cares about women's wrestling so much. That was what fans said when Triple H was getting into power, that, oh, the women's division is going to be in so much better shape. What's the first thing he did with the women's division? He bring back Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky, and within two to three months, he totally shit the bed with them as a stable. And now I mean, that first here. night, he was great. He brought those three back. He turned Ronda heel. He yeah, turned the, back. Yeah, the signing, the signing was great, but there was no booking behind it. There was no booking. He, to nailed, the low, he nailed the low hanging fruit. Yes, like the easy decision. He can do. An easy and, decision. Oh, yeah. Becky you, needs to be a face. Duh. Ronda needs to be a heel. Duh. Oh, we got this awesome women's faction. Great. Let's go. You, you want to hear this damning stat? I think that, I think that the, 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 kind of the exception to the rule with Triple H, and I've said this, I put it out on Twitter, Triple H has not done much with the women's division outside of signing low-card Fonder. You know what's the exception to the rule or the counter-argument? Rhea Ripley up until she won the Royal Rumble. She was built beautifully, built as this new generation China. She went on a winning streak. She won the Royal Rumble. She was all set. And what did I say, Rick? What did I say when we did the podcast after that, after the Raw, where she said, oh, I'm picking Charlotte Flair? I was like, that was the wrong decision. That was a bad decision. He she shouldn't have picked Charlotte. And I, I saw I saw Ace in the chat. Oh, she wants to be Grand Slam champion. That has not been a part of the story since she <laughs> that has not been a part of the story oh. at all. The whole story has been I should have won three years ago. I'm gonna try to win again, despite the fact that we've seen seven times Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. But that's not the point. The damning stat of all this Rhea Ripley has had two matches since the Royal Rumble two months ago. One of them was at Elimination Chamber, which she lost to the brand new stars of Edge and Beth Phoenix. And the second one was on SmackDown. That's not even her damn brand. She has had zero matches on Monday Night Raw since she won the Royal Rumble. She's had two segments with Charlotte Flair. One of them was about Dominic. 
And the second one was some paint-by-the-numbers promo that got what chance and no reaction otherwise. And it, it like, like seriously, I don't think I would be as furious as I Because, again, anybody who has watched this program over the last several weeks knows I've been very patient with this. I have been very let it play out. All right? And now my frustrations have boiled over to the point where, you know, Anybody could watch this clip and think I'm shitting on Triple H and the job that he's doing. I'm not doing that because I do think Triple H has done a good job. You want to know where he's done a great job? Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns build and the bloodline and the Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. You want to know why? Because there's Ray and layered. Dominic. And Ray and Dominic. Those are layered storylines. They've put effort into them, right? Why? Cody Rhodes, they, they ain't resting on the fact that Cody Rhodes won the Royal Rumble and he's going to challenge for the WWE Champion. No, they've added layers to it. They brought in Paul Heyman. They brought in they, they brought in his daddy's name and Roman's relationship with, with, with Dusty and, you know, tried to make it personal. And now it's Cody's mission to, you know, help Sam. And now he's helping Sammy and he's manipulating Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And, yes, it's manipulation because he wants KO and Sammy on the same page so they can take out the Uso. So he has a one-on-one -on -one fight with Roman Reigns. There's It's nuance there's so many layers to it i know triple h has it in him he's been doing it for months why are you doing it or why are you capable of doing it for certain superstars and then and i'm not even saying like i'm not trying to i i, I want to say this carefully because i'm not sitting here trying to say triple h is purposefully putting the women's division on the back burner i'm saying that's what it seems like because he's able to do nuanced layered storytelling with all the bloodline stuff and Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns, but he ain't doing a damn thing as an outside observer with the women's title feuds. And it's infuriating. It's absolutely infuriating. And I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm uh, don't, don't feel guys like I'm coming at y'all in the comments, but y'all should do y'all research before y'all say certain things. Queen Monet says she didn't wrestle much before the Royal Rumble though. She did though. She had three matches before the Royal Rumble. That's better than zero. Three is better than zero. She beat she beat uh Candice LeRae on January 9th. She beat she was the last one to beat Asuka. She had the matchup with Akira Tozawa in December. Like she had matches. They were building her up, making her look strong going into the Royal Rumble. But they said, Oh, she won the Royal Rumble. No more work to do. That's basically what this booking. That's what been. it feels like. That's what it. That's what it feels like. It's like our job. It's, you know, hey, our job here is done. Oscar won elimination chamber. Rhea Ripley won the Royal Rumble. These matches are set. Let's just put them on the show. No more work. Just no more to see here. No more to do here. That that's what it feels like. I'm not saying that's what they've done on purpose. I'm not saying there's malicious intent. I want to make that clear. What I'm just saying is, it look. It's a bad look. It's a bad look. That's all I'm going to say. And I'm I'm disappointed. These matches are still going to be great, though. They're going to be great. But I yeah, want, the build, it, it, I want they, the build to be great, too. Both of these matches might be looked back on like Bianca and Sasha. Bianca and Sasha was a horrible, horrible buildup to WrestleMania 37. Yeah, it was all about Reggie. No, no one remembers that, though, because the match was great. So I think that Bianca and Asuka and Charlotte and Rhea may be viewed the same in retrospect, but they was there was work to be done. There are stories here that they could have told, and they just decided not to. All right, real quick, because we are way over on time. We got five, four more questions to get to. Cody Rhodes has been doing the media rounds. He's been talking to a lot of people, and he made an interesting comment, SP3. He says, Maybe management should be the ones to step in after he wins the titles at WrestleMania and split them up. Do you think that should happen? Should WWE management step in and split up the titles after Cody beats Roman at WrestleMania, presuming he does? Yes, that's what I've been saying this whole time. Remember, we, we've we had previous conversations about them splitting the titles before WrestleMania, and I was like, no, that would be a wrong decision. Roman put the titles together. He should probably, you know, be beaten for both titles. So, yeah, I agree with Cody that uh, Triple H and management should step in to split it up, and then each show has this world champion again. I wouldn't mind. I, I wish I could give credit, but I've been on Twitter a lot today, checking a lot of different things, and I saw it come up on my timeline. An idea yeah. of like, kind of like a, a, a anti-hero or a heel-ish type on-screen role for Triple H, where he kind of feuds with Cody a little bit, uh, and kind of 
takes the title from him. I wouldn't mind something if, like if, that. If, if, Triple H, if Triple H can't wrestle, I'm I'm good with him being an on-screen character or feuding with Cody Rhodes because all you're going to do is make people believe that that's a possibility. That's true, but it's not WWE's fault that people will run you know, their imagination uh, to those lengths. We talked earlier about LA Knight SP3 could be in line for a, a big push coming out of WrestleMania. Who is somebody you would love to see get a major push once WrestleMania season is coming on? Um, well, we we mentioned him before. LA Knight. LA Knight is is great on the mic. He's getting over with all these audiences. He had a good match with uh with Cody Rhodes. Another guy who's had a good match with Cody Rhodes who deserves a major push, Chad Gable. Chad Gable is number yeah. 1 on my list every single time because he's been the workhorse and the MVP of the Triple H regime. I got visions of uh, let's just say September, right? We got L.A. Knight, one of the most over baby faces on SmackDown, holding the Intercontinental Championship after Gunther drops it. Uh, we have we have L.A. Knight holding the Intercontinental Championship on one show. We got Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano feuding over the United States Championship. Those are three guys that I would love to see big things for by the end of this year. Bronson Reed is another guy. Um, I, I think I think it's just going to take time with some of these guys, as it is with everybody. Uh, but you keep putting him in, in key situations. This is why I wouldn't be mad if Bronson Reed was a guy who maybe got a match with Bobby Lashley. Yeah, he would lose, but man, if he goes out there and puts on a big performance and you put him under a big spotlight, every little bit does help uh, build certain people up. SP3, we got Dynamite tomorrow night. We got Rampage on Friday. In the near future, we could have another AEW show on Saturday night. Reports are, I believe WrestleNomics was the one that that, that broke this first, uh, that they are Wrestling Observer later confirmed, I believe Andrew Zarian was in on this one. AEW is looking at adding another one-hour show on Saturday night. It would be their fourth hour of live television each week. Good idea, or no, for AEW to add a one-hour show on a Saturday night. I don't, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure uh, where to go because of how Ramp. If this was, if you were asking me this in 2021 when Rampage first came about, I would be like, yeah, sure. Another one hour show on Saturday. Yeah, Rampage was cooking. If you tell me, if you asked me this at the beginning of 2022, I would be like, yeah, Rampage is pretty good. So, yeah, you give me another one-hour show on a Saturday. But since the past eight months of Rampage becoming Velocity or Shotgun Saturday Night post when they stopped going to all the unique arenas and stuff, I'm like, do I think they're going to put the work in to make this must-watch, to put in the stars that's going to make this a much-watched show? I'm not sure. So I will say it's a on the fence idea for me honestly i love the idea of adding a fourth hour of live television i would almost prefer that they just move rampage to saturday instead of one hour rampage at 10 o'clock now you're going to run into a lot of conflicts on saturday nights most not every week but a lot of wwe's major shows are going to be on saturdays moving forward so you're going to have to compete with that but i would much rather a two-hour Saturday night show and think about the kind of gates you might be able to get for a big Saturday night event. You could travel, you could do weekend shows. More people are going to come out to that because they don't have to get up and go to work the next, you know, a lot easier to talk people into staying up until 10 o'clock or staying out till 11 o'clock on a Saturday night than it is on a, on a Wednesday night when you got to go to work Thursday morning. Right. I like the idea of doing a two hour show. Is it perfect on Saturday to have a two hour show? Absolutely not. But you also can't worry too much about your competition. You got to do what's better for you. You need four hours of live TV and one hour rampage on Fridays. It ain't working. It's not where you're not getting the viewers you want because that time slot sucks. I'd give a two hour show on Saturday. a try first. I'd move rampage to Saturday first. Lastly, SP3. We got an open challenge on dynamite tomorrow. Jade Cargill. Put this out there for any Canadian woman to step up and see if she can knock down the undefeated phenom that is Jay Cargill and take her TBS championship. There's one, I think, albatross out there who's available that a lot of people have their eyes on. Taya Valkyrie has already said she ain't going to be there, but what else would she say? 
who's showing up tomorrow night to face Jade Cargill? And do they have a prayer of winning? See, the thing with wrestlers is as soon as Talia Valkyrie told me <laughs> said that she wasn't going to be there, I was like, well, now I know it's Talia Valkyrie. It's Talia Valkyrie. It's Talia Valkyrie to me. I, ra- I would rather her just had made it seem like, oh, I don't know. I'm just hearing of these rumors. Play dumb if, you, if you're yeah. going to do that. Once you say, oh, no, I'm going to be at my home in Los Angeles, I'll be like, stop. You're working. You're working me. You're j- you're pulling my chain. It's you, Talia. It's got to be her. And man, because uh, if if it's not her, I don't I don't really know who else it would it would be. You got the Jody threats of the world out there. I think when you when you, I'm not saying they made a spectacle of it. Maybe that's the wrong word. But when you heavily publicize it and you have this being one of your key points to get people to tune in, which it is. You got to deliver with a name that people, more people are going to recognize. And I think outside of Ty Valkyrie, I don't know, I don't know who's out there unless they're going to say Nikki Garcia is from Canada. I don't know, I don't know who they're throwing out there. So it's got to be Taya. And honestly, I hope she wins. Like I don't think she's going to. Yeah, but I, I would, I would win. hope that she wins. Like Jade at this point needs a change. She needs somebody to come in there and punch her in the mouth. And if Taya Valkyrie is going to AEW and this isn't just a one-off, if she's signing with the company, make her a major player right off the bat. Do what WWE did it. Have her go in there and beat Jade Cargill. It could be, it could be a fluky type win, but shocker, beat her. Have something upset the apple cart with Jade Cargill right now because the other they don't have anything else to do with her right now. So put her on the chase. Put her on the chase. And, and if you're not going to have Taya win, at least set up her next challenger after uh, Jade wins. Like, at least give me something to sink my teeth into with Jade. If it's just another Jade win, 54-0 and 0 on the screen, she poses, and then you move on to the next segment, then there was no reason to do this. Yep. Yep. 100%. All right, SP3, what you got going on on the True Heel Heat channel this weekend? Well, check out my interview that just dropped uh, on Friday with Montezzi. He is the co-host of the Swerve City podcast with Swerve Strickland. We talked about his relationship with Swerve, how the Swerve City podcast came to be, going on to the WWE Network, getting pulled off the WWE Network, all that good stuff. So check it out. He's a great guy, a great artist who makes songs for guys like Sammy Guevara, Big E in the past. So I, I learned a lot about the music end of professional wrestling because he's been doing it for nearly 10 years now. So check out that interview up on the True Hill YouTube channel. Good stuff. We appreciate you guys tuning in today. Again, make sure to give this video a thumbs up. If you're new to the channel, you like what you heard, hit that subscribe button, man. We're, we're, we're inching closer to 600 every day. And by the time when we get there, I'll do a special giveaway. How about that? We'll, we'll figure something out at, at that point. But uh, got some good stuff that's going to be coming your way. I, I'm I'm working the phones almost as we speak, working the phones to get you guys some good new AEW and WWE content uh, ahead of WrestleMania and the debut of All Access. So just stay tuned to the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast channel brought to you by Bet Online. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.